Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Hey friends, welcome to Growth Reframed. Today's episode is all about marriage. And today we want to talk a little bit about how to make 2024 your best year of marriage ever. That sounds amazing. I yeah, want to have the best it? marriage ever. Hey, I think we I think we have a pretty great marriage. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, but we can always improve. I think in the context of a lot of our latest episodes talking about the new year, talking about just being real intentional about what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish. I think relationships can get forgotten a lot. I mean, mm. it's, I, I know for us, it's just a lot of times can fall to the wayside and it's, it's something that's so important. And we constantly have to remind our kids of it too. Cause they're like, well, why do you have to go do this? Or why are you doing that? And it's like, because mommy and daddy are married and it's important that we invest time, energy and resource into making this work because it's one of the most important facets of our life. But then why then do we let it go so quickly? Why then are we not super intentional about it? Why then is it the first thing that's forgotten? Yeah, it's interesting when you start thinking about marriage because it's always a choice. Like, you know, you you date somebody, that's a choice. You choose to propose to them. Then you choose to actually marry them. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we're married, cool. And then we kind of just see it as like a done deal rather than a daily choice that we have to keep working on, that we have to keep making, that we have to keep progressing. And I just don't know why, like when you date and when you are engaged and all that, those periods of time, that's like an, an active thing. And then you get married and you're like, okay, cool. I guess, guess this is it. Cause that is definitely not how it should be. And I know for us, if we're not very careful, like you said, then it can easily be the first thing to fall off when things get hard and things get busy around here. So, I mean, really the focus of everything, the, the real like basis, I guess, for the best year of marriage, I believe is communication. I think that as you're rolling into 2024 and you really want to make this year the year that you concentrate on your marriage, it has to be the time that you get serious about communication. We're so easily thrown off in this world where we have all these distractions. The kids need this and work needs that and there's social media to compete with and TV and shows and Netflix and Disney Plus and all these things that are really fun to do, but where is the time for your marriage and all that? And where is the time to have real conversations in that? And if you're not getting serious now, maybe it's the time to think about it because those conversations, those real deep, where are we going? What do we want our life to look like? What do we want our marriage to look like? Conversations are not going to happen by accident. Usually they have to be allowed to happen by having the time and space for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I would argue too, they'll happen one way or another. So they can be a, f- a fun meaningful growth conversation between you as a couple, or they can be one of those spirited conversations, like I like to say, a spirited argument conversation when things hit the fan, because that's what will happen if you ignore it for too long. And we lived it. And so I can speak from experience and saying the communication's a big piece, but to be real, I know why it happens. I know why it happens in our life. We get to the end of the night and Meg and I were just having a conversation just yesterday or today off camera about 
how it happens because like we get to the end of the night, we have two young kids, a nine and a six year old. We have a full-time job. We are doing all of our side hustles and everything else. And so you get to the end of the night and Meg's like, man, I just want to sit here and read a dang book, like a chiclet book. And I'm like, yeah. And I just want to watch Reacher on Netflix. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, it's like, and there's nothing wrong with that in a sense, but when you're completely diluting any real conversation in your marriage, it becomes, it, it opens a window or a door to a lot of negativity that you don't need. And I don't even know that people realize they're letting in because you're not being intentional about having real conversations. And we joke a lot. It's not about having real conversations all the time. Meg and I have a lot of fun together. Whether it comes through on this podcast or not, we have a lot of fun together. We do a lot of like really goofy things together. We aren't always super serious. A lot of times we're not. But when it needs to happen, when we need to be intentional, and just to be real, turning the page on this year, we've had more meaningful conversations in the last two weeks (laughs) than we probably had in the last six months. That's okay. It can come in seasons. But if it never happens and you're sitting here thinking as we're talking, when is the last time I had a real meaningful conversation with my partner and you can't come up with something, that's a problem. Absolutely. And speaking of having fun with your partner, I think that the next thing to talk about here is just really the idea that you should have something to try together. If you want 2024 to be an amazing year for your marriage, then you need to introduce some spice, some variety some sort of new challenge, some sort of new hobby, something to get you guys excited, but do it together. Something to get you guys out of the norm, out of the usual constricts of your schedule of your life, and just find something that's fun and enjoyable that doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a big, mm-hmm. impressive thing. It can be something small. It can, it can be something impressive, but it doesn't have to be this big, well-thought-out thing. Just like try something, shake it up a little bit, And really enjoy and embrace the newness of something. Yeah, we overthink it a lot. We say like it has to be some big meaningful thing. And like you said, it can be big and meaningful, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And we can't even speak it into your life. Like I don't know what you and your partner are into. I don't know what like gets you excited. But I know for us, how it usually comes up is one of us gets excited about something and the other goes, oh, that'd be fun. Can we try it together? case in point, this podcast, (laughs) those types of things happen. And then we decide to do those things together. But sometimes it takes one or the other of you of taking the first step to say, let's go out and try it. But a lot of times we sit there and say, well, I don't know what it would be. And I don't know how helpful it would be. And is that really going to make an impact? And excuse me, if we go make, if we go get coffee together or whatever, is that going to make a difference? Or if we read this book together, is that really going to matter? Whatever it is. But I actually heard on another podcast recently, they were talking about a marriage counselor and how marriages work when they, when you go into marriage counseling and you're having a lot of trouble. And in this case, this couple was about to get a divorce. The marriage counselor didn't say, okay, let's get this divorce on, you know, let's get it over with. Let's uh, move this along. No, they were in counseling for a reason. And what they did is they invited them to say, when was the happiest time in your marriage? What did it look like? What did it feel like? What was the favorite trip that you guys took together? Tell me about that. And digging deeper and deeper and deeper to the foundations of why you're together in the first place. And look, y'all, I get it. Meg and I have been together for 20 years. Sometimes it's, it just seems like it was yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's cliche to say, but it does. 
But in those 20 years, you can get complacent. And with complacency can breed division. Or if you're woken up enough to it, you can see that there are a lot of opportunities to grow no matter how long you've been together. And it can be little things that invite that into your life. Absolutely. I also think that empathy is going to be a big thing for us this year. And I think that so often we want to like pursue our own agendas, pursue our own perspectives, think only about how things affect me and not really understand it from our partner's perspective. And so one thing that I hope will be big for us this year is just practicing more empathy, understanding how you feel and you understanding how I feel about all the big decisions and really working through those together instead of just like always focusing on, you know, how this will affect me and how this is going to feel for me. And when you open yourself up to really putting yourself in the other person's shoes, I think you're going to find that there's just a lot of opportunity for conversation, for growth, for just really growing that relationship even deeper because you're finally starting to unlock this whole other side that you don't usually think about because you're usually just focused. I mean, it's just our nature, right? We're just mm -hmm. focused on on us and how this is going to yeah. work for me, not like necessarily, well, if this happens, then this is how my partner might feel. And, or we can just assume it sometimes too, which is another problem. And mm -hmm. instead of actually putting ourselves in their shoes for real, we make up a whole other perspective that's not even true. And so I think that I hope for us this year, we concentrate on putting each other first sometimes and understanding where the other is coming from before we just make snap judgments. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's funny because you said it's just in our nature and that's what exactly what I was thinking as you were speaking. I'm like, you know, a lot of us are really selfish. We just have a selfish nature. It's just like what I can do for myself and how I can get for myself. And, you know, sometimes that's okay, but in a relationship, there's give and take and you got to see things like you said, Meg, from your partner's perspective. When I'm talking to other people, a lot of times I'll say like, I went to the school of Megan. Like I learned what you need, not what I wanted to give you, what you needed. And see before when we were having, when we were early on in our relationships, we were relationship infants and we were trying to figure out how to do this thing. And we were just a couple young 20 year olds. I had no idea how to be married all those things. I, I put in my head what I thought needed to happen for you to be happy what I thought. You see where the issue is there? And then I didn't really look at things like when I was doing those things and you weren't reciprocating or you weren't feeling it or we weren't vibing, I didn't think about, well, maybe I'm wrong. I just kept trying to put on more things of what I wanted or I thought you wanted. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see things from your perspective. And so whether it was positive or negative, I didn't say, how does, I didn't step back like you said, Meg, and say, how does Megan see this? And how is she affected? A perfect example of needing more empathy is in our life when I was talking about earlier, earlier in the end of the nights, like Meg wants to read, but I want to talk to her because like I've had no undivided attention with her for hours <laughs> because we have our kids go back to selfish nature. So it's like, but I do need that. I do think it's important to have that, but I also need to look at it into the perspective of, you know, Meg's been working all day. Meg's been taking care of these kids. Meg's been doing laundry. Meg's been doing all these th things. So all Meg wants to do is unplug. And so me, Brandon, yeah, I do want a little bit of her attention. It's not that I can never get it, but sometimes I can give grace. And like you said, empathy to say, Hey, I can look at this from her lens and say, yeah, you know, this is important. And the more I do that, the more you do that. Like we do that for each other. It's mm -hmm. important 
that you practice it as a whole. Could we do better? Of course, <laughs> we could always do better, um, which is funny as I'm talking about this because it actually leads us to our last point here, which is to prioritize quality time. So like I said, you can't always practice empathy and be like, well, Meg can just do whatever she wants and I don't, you know, I'm not going to get anything from this relationship. Obviously, that's not what we mean. But there are times as well that you can be real intentional as far as how you're spending time together. Mm-hmm. How Meg and I like to do this is real simple. And it might not be the best for like the communication piece, but just for something to do together piece. We, we usually watch shows together. Like we'll pick a show together to watch and then we'll watch it together. Real easy. Real easy. Because it gets us talking about something that's not really that important to life. <laughs> but it allows us to have a conversation that's not just about the kids or, you know, our job or whatever. It opens it up to other things. That's a real easy way. And maybe you could speak to another, a few other ways that we just find that quality time together. Yeah. One of my favorite ways, and man, we haven't done this in a long time and shame on us, I guess, is doing like the at-home game nights. Mm. We used to do this all the time. But we used to just have so much fun putting the kids to bed and then playing whatever board games. It doesn't even matter, really. Sequence or anything, really. Racco, I don't care. And just enjoying that time together because is there really a way to talk when you're watching TV? I mean, yeah, you can you can do a little bit of here and there, and we love to do that, obviously. Most of our late nights are spent watching like a one-hour show, and that's fine. But when you find yourself doing a game night or something a little more active – it's just really fun because there's way more room for communication and we're so blessed because we have a little bit more built-in conversation Mm -hmm. access than I think most married couples do just because of the nature of us actually working together. And I think that, you know, most people can't replicate that. And so they do maybe have to put a little more of the communication with the quality time. And we sometimes have the luxury of being able to separate those out because we have plenty of conversation time that doesn't have to also be our our quality time together. But I just really like that, the, the games and the finding other things to do together. Um, but that's my main example, I think, is is the game nights. Yeah, and we'll choose to go for a walk. We'll choose to go to the park. I mean, there's a number of mm-hmm. different things that you could do and that you could try. And again, it's all based on your interest. But I think the less time that you actually have together is the more intentional you have to be. Like you said, we have the the vantage point of being able to do it more and work it in throughout the day where most people don't. So I think you just have to be more real. The fact is anything that you want to improve, anything that's worth having requires work. So a lot of times we can let it get down to E, let the car get onto empty, not really do any regular maintenance, not really do anything to improve it. But as you said earlier, Meg, these things don't happen by accident. So if you want 2024 to be the best year of your marriage ever, then it's going to take some work, it's going to take some effort, and it's going to take sacrifice because nothing comes without a little bit of sacrifice. We hope this episode helped. We love y'all. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you, so shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.